Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. There's the challenge of opening yourself up to what else is out there. And to do so, you need to step beyond the way you see things so you can let something new in, which is a, which is a totally scary process. And then you have to then continue to work in this place where you're uncomfortable in order to be able to ultimately create something new and go through that process of iteration and refinement and discovery uh, until it is actually something. I mean, when you first step out into the unknown, you are a, you're an infant, you know, you're, you're really out of your element. You know, you have whatever skills you've, you've cultivated to, to work with that environment, but you're in a, you're in a new world. So um, there's there's always a stepping out into the unknown. I see this in you know in, in the microcosm of Muse. Yeah, as we work with a team to build new things, we are doing things that no one has ever done before. And to do so really is asking everyone to step out of their comfort zone and to try to see things with fresh new eyes, so that we can you know actually be able to you know receive what we need to to actually know what to do as opposed to, you know, just doing what you know in a new place and having it fail because you're not listening. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. 
Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go cell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Chris, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, great to, uh, great to be here with you and uh, excited to... Uh, explore whatever we explore together. Yeah, absolutely. So I know about your story because uh, the company you started, uh, Muse, uh, happened to be one of the sponsors of our podcast. And we even gave away one of your headsets to our listeners, uh, which was super cool. But before we get into all the things that you have done with Muse, I want to start by asking you, where did you grow up and what impact did where you grew up end up having on the choices that you've made throughout your life and your career? Wow, that's uh, that's a Deep question. So I'm from Toronto, um, and I still reside here. Um, and I'd say the the thing that impacted me the the most um, would be the ability to explore different kinds of um, practices, um, whether it be you know through sports uh, or academically um but there was just something about the the way i was raised and i think that the, the that our culture really lends itself to this is having some freedom to explore and find things that really speak to you and so mm-hmm. certainly um being able to um have a, a number of different experiences uh early in life um really gives you a broader canvas um and also to be, um, let's say, accepted um, or rewarded for um, who you are, mm-hmm. and I think this is this is so valuable to really 
you know, find value in yourself um, and to, um, you know, to feel okay following your, your passions. Um, so what, what were some of those early experiences that you found to, that I think are really formative? Um, so something that really stands out in my own life, uh, is, uh, doing gymnastics. I did a lot of gymnastics, uh, starting at an early age, um, and discovering all the different ways that you could use your body and how to be upside down, um, you know, to, to, to realize there was a place you could go that really went outside of the ordinary if you allowed yourself to be trained and to put some effort into it. So I think mm-hmm. um, when we experience somebody doing an extraordinary thing, it's easy to um, you know, feel like this is something you could never do. And um, that happens because if you were to just try to do it, you probably wouldn't be able to do it. But um, amazing stuff happens if you uh, take an incremental learning approach to it. And it's, you know, for something like gymnastics, you know, you're learning to be very acrobatic, which is very different uh, than what you might be exposed to in school, um, you know, and and the people you see walking down the street. Uh, And so uh, I, you know, to have the experience of doing something which which really seems extraordinary, um, you know, from maybe the first time you've encountered it, uh, to realize that the extraordinary is really accessible and they're all different kinds of extraordinary. Um, but you, but it's, you know, with, with continued, um, instruction and practice and commitment, you can take yourself to extraordinary places. Mm -hmm. What did you learn, uh, about practice, discipline, uh, and habits from being a gymnast and, and what role, if any, did uh, coaches and, and teachers play in, in that experience for you? Um, well, I think, I mean, I, I started in, in that sort of thing quite young. Um, and so I think initially um, I probably wasn't very mindful of the role that the coaches were playing. In hindsight, you know, just having a, a model um, that you could um, you know, in a very intuitive way, simply, you know, mimic an attitude, um, or a discipline. And rather than having to find the, the, uh, deep will and motivation to go solo, um, was really helpful. And so to have somewhere where you could show up on, you know, a daily basis, because, you know, your parents signed you up and you got a chance to, uh, and you, and you, there was a routine of actually, uh, showing up there, then having people around, you know, whose behavior were, was a good model to start to develop high performance, um, routines. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's beautiful how a teacher can really help you in a non-intellectual way, um, you know, simply by their presence um, to develop a a view and a practice, an attitude, uh, a discipline, um, just because they are embodying it. And this is probably primarily how we learn. Um, but as we uh, grow older, we tend to become more and more intellectual about things. 
Um, it could be because we, you know, we end up being more and more independent. Um, or just because of the way our life flows, we don't have the same access to teachers um, and coaches in our lives. So, you know, if you were a performance athlete, you'd, you know, um, as an adult, you'd continue to have that presence in your life. Um, but I know, you know, as I went on in my own life, um, you know, pursued more academic things, it was, it, it was more and more um, my own, you know, um, let's say, it's the self-reliant uh, component that uh, was really necessary um, to, you know, keep tension on the line and to critique myself. And, you know, I think it's it's been interesting going through this this process of developing Muse and really re-recognizing the importance of a teacher, um, of feedback, of accountability and really seeing your own intention that has made me think again about the possibility of you know teacher or coaches in my life i know i just started uh music lessons on the japanese flute um and one of the things that excited me most was the was the possibility of having a teacher again um and and realizing that there was that, that there's a uh, something that a teacher can offer that is so hard to find in another way. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things that you had said is that uh, doing gymnastics uh, instilled the sense in you of, of the possibility of being able to do something extraordinary. And two questions come from that. One, how do you suggest parents instill that in their own kids? And two, as we lose that sense that something is extraordinary as possible as adults uh what can we do to get it back um i don't have children um so i i i have to relate to this through my own experience mostly um but i think this idea of for a parent to embody the quality themselves um to to recognize the potency of that beyond trying to um you know, in a direct way, instruct. Um, so it's interesting. It's um, it's easy to fall into the tendency of, of, you know, basically telling people what they should do. Um, and this goes for the people in our lives that we're in relationship with, and it also goes for our kids. Um, and it's it's easy to forget about what is transmitted just because of what you're, what you yourself are embodying, and what you yourself are, um, how you're behaving, and and your attitude towards things. So, I think um, to you know to try to um, develop the view that whatever it is that you are embodying is what's being taught, you know, rather than what you're saying with your words or you're telling people to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's it's it's the low-level, um, non-intellectual communication. And the challenge with that is, is it's very hard to see ourselves. Extraordinarily hard to see ourselves. Um, and so it's very easy to, you know, to fall into um, a, uh, a pattern of seeing yourself in a certain way and have that start to become, you know, more and more disconnected uh, from what's really happening 
um, rather than converging towards uh, a, a really a deeper self-understanding. So I think, you know, one of the beauties of, um, you know, meditation practices and or working with a performance coach is, uh, is the, the attention to uh, what's really happening for you in a um, less imaginative uh, way. You know, so can I get a clearer view of, of what I'm putting out in the world and how I'm behaving and what my habits are and what my attitudes are, as opposed to the story I have for myself about, you know, who I am and, you know, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. How do you begin to break those patterns? Like, what are the things, I mean, outside of meditation, uh, obviously you have to start breaking patterns for things to change. Yes. So I think there is... Um, new habit formation, and then there is, you know, sp um, specifically trying to break a pattern. So, um, I th I really see, a, a, you know, being human is really to be a complex set of patterns, and the there's always some kind of pattern that's running. So, when you're breaking a pattern, um, really, what's happening, or one view of what's happening, is you have another pattern which is happening in its place. And so, you know, the cultivation of a preferred pattern is another way to look at breaking the pattern. And so we know there are ways that we can intentionally, cult intentionally cultivate new patterns. Um, but as for specifically breaking patterns, I think a, a more a relevant question for myself is how do we become aware of our patterns? Because it's with awareness that we actually have the ability to have some agency in choosing what things are serving us and what are not serving us. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think there are many different ways that we can become aware of our patterns. Um, and the cultivation of a new pattern is also a means to become aware of our patterns. So, um, so, so cultivating routines that we set for ourselves is a really excellent way of finding out patterns that we didn't know we had and also cultivating a, cultivating a pattern that you know we believe is going to be a greater service to you know, ourselves you know what we're actually looking to achieve in our lives hmm. So talk me through how you get from being a kid who does gymnastics to becoming uh, the CEO of a meditation headset company. What has been the trajectory that's led you there? What have been the significant inflection points and what planted the seeds for, for this idea in particular? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll try to address most of that. Um, the, so I, I guess I've, I've always been, um, uh, let's say, I've always had the tendency to um, reimagine the world that I'm in and to try to uh, create, create things that are, um, you know, in alignment with how I'm feeling and, um, and what I'd like to see um, uh, change um, around myself um, and how I live. And I think that interest just came from a natural ability to be able to create. Um, and, you know, that ends up being a very rewarding experience because you have an idea and you can, and you can 
you know, turn it into something. Um, and um, I think just looking at, you know, from a very early age until where I am today, you know, there's, there's a part that has never really changed and that this is, you know, um, a, a creative energy to, to bring into being, um, you know, um, ideas um, that, you know, just, just come from my flow through life. And they usually manifest as physical things. I've always been a creator of physical uh, things. And so, um, you know, technology, getting into technology um, and to create with technology, you know, there was, there was an immediate appeal for me because suddenly, you know, my expressive power, my ability to create expanded many fold as I understood um, technology and, and what I could do with it, um, especially uh, computers. So, you know, when I was growing up, this is, I kind of grew up with the emergence of, emergence of the personal computer. And, um, you know, when I was very young, these, you know, sort of Commodore 64 land. Um, but uh, there was also a, uh, like a simplicity to it. It was very it was very much like it felt like a, a machine tool, you know, like you'd, you know, have a, a, you know, the tools that you might have in a workshop. You know, there was there was a greater complexity than than those types of machines, but at the same time, there was also a real simplicity. Uh, and so I think you know that on its own was very um, rewarding as uh, you know a a young inventor to be able to understand something um because of its simplicity and then and then start to see things that could be built from it and so you know being able to understand and then to know how to build with it uh is was incredible um and this is one reason why i'm so excited about what's happening with you know the the maker world of arduino and you know desktop 3d printers because you know there was something for a young person to do with it. There was an easy place to get started um, and to start uh, learning about how you can, you know, go from imagination to, you know, creation and manifestation. Um, mm -hmm. So that I think, you know, set the tone very early in life for me. And, um, and as I, grew, you know, grew older, the kind of technology that I was interested in making, um, you know, became more and more about the 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 struggle that i that i experienced in you know going through school and trying to perform um trying to figure out you know the you know what my uh you know the, the core of my meaning the meaning i created around on around my life um uh, and how i could create things of value i i saw i saw how i as an individual would struggle with certain things one of them was um definitely the onslaught of information that our world uh you know you, it's just like standing in front of a fire hose you know <laughs> there's just there's just so much that we are exposed to um and i really felt it was it was it was like i the difference between a, a, a person and a computer you know the computer processes information um and it's tireless at it and a human being 
process information too, but but it's very tiring. Um, and yet we have there are so many other aspects to being human. And so I was, I was just sort of like, wow, I wish I could have my tireless computer do this information stuff <laughs> so, so I could focus more on the, the human stuff. Um, and so um, a lot of the work that I did in university and in graduate school was really focused on how we could use um, or how I could use um, technology to help me cope with this very fast-moving informatic world that I found myself living in. I ended up getting uh, really into the creation of wearable computing uh, devices. And so uh, let's say the, the pop culture view of this would be like the product that Google made where you could, you know, as a pair of glasses and you'd have a, a computer-generated reality that was overlaid upon, you know, um, your, what was in front of you. Augmented reality, um, we like to call that. Um, so I became very interested in what cybernetic technology might hold for me personally as a way of having almost like a, a computer shield that would, would help with this information overload. So in some ways, the way I've seen this technology uh, manifested, you know, um, hasn't really, you know, been in that spirit. In fact, it's a vehicle to get notifications. <laughs> what I was really looking for was a vehicle to be more insulated from information overload. So, um, so anyway, it's like using technology as, as something to fight against the world of technology. Um, anyway, that didn't quite go as planned, um, but that's the, the, the sort of the attitude and the road I took was to try to use technology to help me work with information better. So um, I didn't find myself, you know, twisting up my, you know, primitive animal brain, uh, you know, uh, too, uh, too far in the, in, the, in the sort of direction of becoming more computer-like myself as like a, just a raw information storehouse and processor. Um, so that was, you know, early in my sort of, you know, academic life, this was what interested me. And part of that journey was the, um, was looking at different ways of sensing um, what was happening inside my own physiology. So um, this was looking at my uh, heart rate, um, and different kinds of heart activity. It was looking at brain waves and how um, my state of cognition, uh, consciousness, uh, would vary from moment to moment. And the the interest that I had was creating a computing environment that was a little more sensitive to, you know, the, the limitations of being human. So. Uh, a primary component of that is uh, my attention. So if I was, you know, for instance, deep in flow in something, or I'm speaking to you <laughs> in this one moment, and my my watch is, you know, buzzing me because there was a meeting I was supposed to be in, you know, my attention immediately is drawn to this other thing, which is, you know, trying to, you know, trying to 
grab at my awareness, yet I'm trying to keep my flow speaking with you. And uh, I really wanted uh, technology to be more sensitive to what was happening for me. Um, you know, if I was, if, uh, you know, if this, these are human beings that are with us, you know, it's very easy to, to see, or perhaps should be easy to see how a person is feeling and what's happening for them in this moment. And you know that maybe now is not a good time to interrupt and I should just wait 10 minutes. Um, we can be sensitive to each other and what's happening for us because, you know, we, we can sense and we can feel and understand what that experience is like. Whereas a, a computer as computers, as they, you know, whether it be our cell phones, watches, or, you know, whatever, they, they still aren't yet at that, that point where they have a sensitivity to, um, you know, how, how am I doing and what's useful and appropriate right now? You know, the best we sort of have is, well, we can mute our notifications at certain times or during meetings. Um, but there isn't this deep kind of awareness of, okay, you know, what's flowing for you? Is this a good time? Uh, should I defer? How important is this interruption? You know, these are things that as a human being, you can make a judgment about. So that was kind of the, the interest was having a technology that was more sensitive to, you know, how I was feeling and what I was doing in that one moment so it could respond and behave in a more human-centric way. Um, so that was, you know, one dimension. The other dimension that I was looking at, um, you know, these sensors and technology for is, you know, maybe there are, there are abilities that are available to us as human beings that we could develop um, either to have within us or to have in partnership with technology. So the essence of cybernetic technology is a sort of symbiotic relationship between, you know, yourself and, uh, and technology where the combined um, uh, organism is, has a greater capability in one way or another. And we're already living like this. You know, we are cyborgs with our phones and computers and our cars. Um, but, um, you know, working on a wearable computing device where it would augment what you see, the, you know, the closest analogy you could make would be the sort of Geordi LaForge experience in Star Trek. You know, what, what world could this man perceive because his vision was augmented by technology and you could see into the far reaches of the electromagnetic spectrum. How would my appreciation of nature and the world around me change if I could sense more? So I was very interested in extended perception and what that might mean for things that I was um, able to do, um, my ability to grow. And, and then the other part was to try to, to cope with this onslaught of information um, in our world. And the, that all came together ultimately with, uh, with Muse and what I'm working on now with uh, the team here. Um, but um, I didn't, you know, one day have a vision like many things uh, it's often our best discoveries kind of happen by accident. And mm -hmm. the accident that happened was um, someone introduced me to meditation. And I had never heard of meditation. I mean, I've heard the word and I thought meditation, you know, meant, um, you know, 
you know, sitting down and just chilling out, relaxing. Um, it, it didn't even for me have a spiritual connotation. It was just about chilling out or deep thinking. And so, uh, and this was actually while we were working on um, the first generation of Muse, um, and we were looking for the the right place to start um, uh, with a technology like this, so that people would become interested um, and find the values that we found uh, found in it. And the it was it's like um, you know it's uh, you know someone plants a seed in a fertile ground that was just so ready to receive it because, uh, you know, little did you know, but you had actually prepared the environment perfectly for it. And so our um, experience with um, building the, the first Muse and using this technology in different ways, exploring, one of the realizations was, you know, simply exploring your own inner world and uh, learning more about yourself was incredible. And it kept us interested um, continuously for years. We were interested um, and in continuing to try to build new things, look inside yourself, um, have insights, create experiences, you know, play with your ability to modulate your brain state and your, um, your, your, your physiological state. And that deep awareness and uh, and agency is you know ex- exactly in what meditation is all about, <laughs> and I just had no idea. And so when when someone encouraged me to take a deeper look at meditation, it was it was this experience of you know you know instant recognition, um, but also like some frustration because I was just like I can't believe no one told me about this because this is exactly what I've essentially committed my life to for as long as I can remember uh, was deepening awareness um, and improving skills uh, to really allow yourself to be more capable and more free in every moment, um, which was, you know, what I was seeking from the get-go and my, and my whole sort of technological exploration. So it, it was, it was an accident because, you know, it took somebody to to come forward and say, hey, you should take a look at this thing. And then kind of all the pieces fell into place. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go cell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mm, wow. So, uh, you know, the uh, earlier you said that there's been this sort of creative energy and this desire to go from imagination to invention that has sustained throughout your life. Why do you think it's sustained throughout your life and why doesn't it for other people? Um... Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I can definitely speak to the times in myself when it seems to, um, you know, um, it, 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 let's say the energy for it comes and goes. And, and I would say a, a big reason why it goes uh, is because of fear. It's, it's essentially, um, you, it's uh, the comfort of knowing, um, uh, knowing what's going on, or thinking you know what's going on, and um, and how, um, you know, the, mm, let's say how you how you should be conducting yourself to be successful, um, starts to become a an an idea that is a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, so let me try to come back and uh, to, to that and, and make it a little more clear. Um, when you are engaged in a creative endeavor, you really have to let go of what you think you know and open yourself to the, like, the mystery of being. Uh, you have to open yourself to ideas that didn't come from your uh, imagination, you have to let the world in. Um, so, uh, that process of letting go, uh, of how you understand things to allow a new idea to come in is scary. Um, so the, 
and to and to and to create things um also it what you know a lot of failure always comes with it so you have an idea and you try to bring it into action and you know it's really through continued effort that you are able to turn it into uh you know what it's what its potential is but you know the pro the process of getting there is one which is fraught with you know all kinds of failure um <clears throat> so there's like there's the challenge of opening yourself up to what else is out there and to do so you need to step beyond the way you see things so you can let something new in which is a which is a totally scary process and then you have to then continue to work in this place where you're uncomfortable in order to be able to um, ultimately create something uh, new and go through that process of iteration and refinement and discovery uh, until it is actually something. I mean, when you first step out into the unknown, you are a, you're an infant and you are, you know, you're, you're really out of your element. You know, you have whatever skills you've, you've, you've cultivated to, to work with that environment, but you're in a, you're in a new world. So, um, there's, there's always a stepping out into the unknown. You know, I, um, I see this in, uh, you know, in, in the microcosm of Muse, as we work with a team to build new things, we are doing things that no one has ever done before. And to do so really is asking everyone to step out of their comfort zone and to try to see things with fresh new eyes so that we can, you know, actually be able to, um, you know, receive what we need to, to actually know what to do, as opposed to, you know, just doing what you know, in a new place, and having it fail, because you're not listening. <laughs> hmm. Wow. So, so many questions come from this. Uh, one, what are the the things that you've seen uh, outcomes and, and benefits you've seen in people's lives as a byproduct of using Muse? And what have been the ones that have been unexpected? I think that we all kind of know the expected benefits of meditation, right? That better attention, you know, calmer mind. But what are the things that have surprised you uh, in terms of, of the outcomes that people have had in their lives from using your product? Um, well, I think the, the thing that... Um, continues to surprise me and this this seems to happen over and over again um is there are people who would never even consider doing meditation in fact are um super resistant to it um who discover it through um muse and find themselves um you know let's say uh, they find themselves in a totally new place and perspective. So we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of people who, you know, go from saying I would never meditate um, to um, someone who not only finds themselves doing, you know, in a, with a regular meditation practice, but also starting to explore totally new domains that were also super no-fly zones for them you know whether it be uh starting a yoga practice or starting to journal or um 
you know, um, you know, joining groups and becoming uh, social in a way they they had never uh, done before. So there's so many interesting things that um, can come from us. Just you know, this slight shift in perspective and and a little bit more self understanding. And it's it's really hard to see where that blossoms into. But I think that the 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 step for me, which I'm always super surprised at, is to find people who are really felt that meditation was ridiculous and wasn't for them to meditating every day. Um, I, I never expected that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I always imagined that the people who would pick up Muse were people who would have an interest in meditation, but didn't know how to get started or were, um, you know, a little bit frustrated because they've tried meditation and didn't know they were doing it right because they had no feedback from a teacher to know uh, what they should be doing. So mm-hmm. that's, that is the, that's the road that I imagined. I didn't imagine there would be people who would try Muse um, because, you know, a friend said, hey, you should just check out this thing. You know, it's pretty cool. And I guess because it's a gadget and technology and interesting, they decided just to give it a go and then found mm-hmm. themselves, you know, with a meditation practice and with a totally, you know, redefined view of it and their lives. So that was unexpected for me was, was, was that. Yeah. So I know that, uh, you know, obviously because you guys sponsored an episode and we'll, we'll mention the, the discount that you guys are providing, uh, in the show notes and I'll, I'll you know, uh, mention it again at the top of the show. But, uh, one of the things I wonder is, uh, I know you you said that you guys have had athletes and, and executives. What have you seen as far as enhancements in performance uh, in other parts of people's lives as a result of this? Hmm. I'm trying to think of examples that that really aren't just sort of rehashing the the sort of known benefits of meditation. Um, right. One thing that I found pretty interesting was. Um, that in some of the, the the science we've been involved in recently looking at the use of Muse, um, you know, in a multi-week program is that people's reaction times would increase. Um, and, and this would obviously have benefit for someone who is an athlete where reaction time mm-hmm. was of, uh, was of uh, importance. Um, but I think that's like, it's pretty, that's pretty significant to think the application that might have in people's lives is to, you know, first of all, know that there is something pretty fundamental that's changing neurologically and that, you know, something as basic as reaction time, which is, you know, probably one of these things which you might think is um, uh, a fixed quantity for yourself and your age, um, mm-hmm. but rather something which is trainable and malleable is is like, uh, is pretty incredible um, possibility. So... Um, I think, you know, that's something that is super cool. Um, I think um, this shift to, to generally having more openness to what things might be beneficial to try and practice. Um, like, maybe it'd be great to find a personal coach or, um, you know, uh, to have a different view of relationship. Uh, certainly, we get a lot of uh, reports from our users who've noticed radical improvements to their relations uh, you know, with, with other people, with people who are uh, important in their lives because of a little bit more 
um, self-awareness, but also, you know, and again, this is something which comes with meditation training, but this ability to respond rather than react to things. So as you develop your attention, when you are emotionally triggered, it's a lot uh, more plausible that you don't react in that moment, but rather, you know, make a skillful choice of, well, what is what is the right way to respond in this situation? What do I, what am I, what do I really want? Um, and what do I not want to reinforce? So, you know, to have an experience where you typically jump to, you know, um, an angry outburst, recognizing that you have a choice of not doing that and also seeing how that outburst, you know, can be part of a reinf- you know, reinforcing pattern you know, a cycle of activity between people in relationship that, you know, perhaps doesn't go where you want it to go. So mm-hmm. I would say improvements to relationships, probably across the board is one of the most powerful, um, you know, things. And that can have totally life-changing consequences, whether it be just your performance at the office, doing what you need to do for work or, you know, in your home life, which, um, you know, it's, yeah, the people in our lives are so important. So, uh, I know earlier you alluded to this idea of, of sort of cybernetic and, and, you know, uh, becoming these sort of, you know, cyborg type human beings that we're already doing this with most of our devices. And what I wonder, what I'm curious about is, is what else is possible? Like, what are we, what's a glimpse into the future of what we're going to be able to do with this technology? Uh, I, I think to me, meditation seems just like the entry point. It seems like there's a lot more that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's there. It's really hard to know. Um, definitely, we're being able to um, uh, get in to the mind and our physiology uh, at a at a level which could have profound implications on how we learn um, and how we we heal and how we grow. Um, so you know, there's brain stimulation techniques where you know, people find an enhanced ability to learn something. Um, and it's, you know, it's some, some of these things are quite remarkable in the, the difference in performance. Um, there, we know that we can uh, influence ourselves in a low level and radically change how we feel. Um, so it's certainly what's coming is going to have tremendous power. The the thing that um, let's say is always top of mind for myself is what, how, how do we imagine we're going to use these things that we create? And I actually think there's, we have a long journey to, let's say, under, understand a human being to the depth that technology can be. Um, you know, capable on its own to, you know, take us to a place of wellness. We all have, there's something deep inside of us, which, um, you know, sort of drives our, uh, our path, you know, through our lives. Um, you know, this is the, the deep, um, identity, inspiration, values, um, and ultimately our, life satisfaction comes when we can know and honor those things at a very deep level. Um, so, 
you know, simply it's like I could become physically fit, but um, because I know how to train the human body. Um, but ultimately, the thing that's going to lead us to a, a, a long, happy life and fulfilled life is being able to tap into our deepest truth for ourselves and, um, and um, identity and allow that to, to um, be expressed forth in how we train ourselves and live our lives and, um, and what we do. So I think that deepest level of who we are is not something that, you know, te- technology I see very quickly being able to put its finger on. And it's like the, the deep e- essence of what it is to be you as a human being. And so you'd hope that as we have more powerful technology that, you know, we would be able to leverage it to serve that deeper truth for us. But actually to know that deeper truth is a real puzzle. It's not, it's really not easy. In fact, you know, most of the time we are living from a story, you know, and who knows when that story appeared for us. Um, but we're living to a story and we're also trying to not feel discomfort or fearful. So a lot of our behaviors are just to keep ourselves feeling good and they aren't necessarily in accordance with our deep sense of, you know, who we are and what we care about. You know, often, you know, driving that course of a uh, deeper self-truth is one that actually has a lot of discomfort as as well as joy along with it we have to we do challenging things and we have to you know we have to go through um you know that spectrum of experiences in order to get where we need to go so you know no pain no gain from a certain perspective so you know if all we're trying to do is feel good uh and we have more and more powerful technology to help us feel good you know, is it plausible that we will allow ourselves to to know ultimately where we want to go and to go through whatever discomforts necessary to get there? You know, or will we get lost in this, you know, cycle of um, pleasure seeking? Um, so, yeah. So I think um, I I think that you know what what humans have discovered, you know, with meditation is very interesting um, because it really starts to address some of that deep issue of, you know, really knowing who you are and not letting your fears drive your, you know, moment to moment um, uh, behaviors. And I I really think to to, um, discover and be who we truly are, you need to be able to you know, be with your fear and, uh, you need to have the tools to, to do that. So I think humanity has discovered something totally amazing with, you know, with meditation techniques and the sort of, uh, associated, you know, psychological understanding. And it's been successful enough that it's stuck around for an awfully long time. I guess what I would like to see is I'd like to see technology, you know, continuing to, you know, honor that knowledge and then to take the next step um i mean there's got to be a next step um so uh, i think yeah it's going to be it's it's going to be really interesting what the future holds in 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 these things but it's but i'm also i have some fear about it uh, because i know you know every time we create something that is more 
powerful in its ability to make ourselves feel, our tendency is to use it in a, in a pleasure-seeking way. And to use it in the other way actually takes some really deep um, understanding and skill of, of the human organism and, uh, and how we function. So, you know, I was very excited when I first uh, stepped into, you know, um, you know, uh, Oculus, um, you know, Rift, or, you know, I, I have a couple of um, vibes here in the office where I explore the possibilities of using VR in a, in a you know, mental training, you know, therapeutic way. But just getting into that experience was just like, this is, we are in another world, we're heading for another world where the experiences that we can provide for people, uh, you know, is the, is the next, it's the next level of, uh, of, of, you know, potency, you know, we have the, the big screen cinema experience, but, you know, through VR, you have like a super immersive, like part of your brain just thinks this is real life kind of thing, you know, ready player one. <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, you know, the, you can get lost in, in that. And if the, again, if the idea there is to, you know, what's, what's the motivation behind the technology and what are, is, are you trying to provide an escape? Are you, um, you know, are you trying to provide pleasure, entertainment, um, or, you know, is there an aspect to it, which is really, um, you know, can it be helpful to, um, bring you to a, a you know, a, a deeper level of, of, capability within yourself and also self-understanding to know um what it is that you want and um and to be able to you know skillfully navigate to that you know ultimately ending in a you know with living in a way where you can be very satisfied with with how you've used your time here on earth wow Wow. Uh, well, I have one last question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews, the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Um, well, I've always found that, um, I've always found uniqueness to be, um, you know, something which is unmistakable. It's, uh, it's when I have an experience or experience something which teaches me something. Um, and, you know, in my experience, you know, these are either things which are totally novel to myself. Uh, and this could be, you know, an experience in nature where I've, you know, gone somewhere totally new and have experienced an environment that I've never experienced before. But in terms of the the, the human realm, uh, you know, and with people and what they do, um, and the things that they create, um, I I really find things that that really aren't that, that are not a rehash of things that are already here, but rather something which you know comes from a like a totally different place, um, but but it also is comprehensible is 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 a thing that has the most power and and that for me is a creative expression that uh, is truly resonant with the creator. And so it's, let's say, self-expression in the, in the most authentic sense. So it's when you watch a, a great musician perform, it's 
you know, the person that has has no ego, self conscience, uh, and they are just, you know, they are just the music. That for, when I witness that, it changes something in me, like in a, at a cellular level. You know, it speaks to me in the deepest possible way. Um, and the same thing goes for the things that people create. You know, I think all of our creations are artistic creations. Um, and um, I, it's unmistakable when, when things are created from this very authentic place with a lot of love. Um, and so, yeah, authentic, creative expression that comes from a place of love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that makes a really fitting end to our conversation. Uh, where can people find out more about you and everything that you're up to? Um, the, the best way is just to come to choose muse. Um, this is our creation and our expression and the best way to know us is through what we create. Um, yeah. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we'll wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the unmistakable creative podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming. Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.